0: Now, more than ever, investors are turning to ETFs and index funds to build more sustainable portfolios. For decades, indexing has helped investors drive portfolio efficiency by saving time, curbing costs and helping to manage risks. Today, as more investors transition into sustainable investments, ETFs and index funds are providing the building blocks investors need to pursue their specific financial and sustainability goals. My name is Marije Groen, and in this podcast, I'll talk with Mohamed Massoud, director in BlackRock's EMEA Sustainable Investing Team. Mohamed is a member of the iShares EMEA product research and innovation team, responsible for the research and design of indices that the iShares products track, covering all asset classes and product segments such as factors, thematic and ESG. Together, Muhammad and I will take a deep dive into the topic and straighten some facts on sustainable index investing. Muhammad, welcome. Great to have you.
1: Thank you very much. Great to be here.
0: Mohamed, could you please explain to us what you understand by sustainable indexing and more importantly, why you think investors should consider it?
1: Absolutely. Sure. So at a high level, sustainable indexing is essentially about applying an additional set of rules on market cap benchmarks or quantitative index strategies that take into account environmental, social and governance considerations. These set of rules can uh, impact the type of securities that are selected and also how these securities are ultimately weighted in in a portfolio context. We think as sustainable investing uh, looks to become mainstream, index strategies play a very important role in bringing transparency to the entire process of incorporating these ESG elements um, additionally, the methodology documents are clearly lay out the rules of what is being implemented. Data sources are listed, and ultimately, investors have access to the holdings, which are the output of the whole process. Also, there is a great degree of choice that investors have access to with index strategies, and this really allows them to align um, their investment goals and ESG goals together.
0: And Mohammed, what would you say are some of the most common misconceptions about ESG indexing?
1: Sure. I think uh, one of the areas uh, that, you know, if we go back a few years was definitely in focus was around that if you go more sustainable, you do have to sacrifice performance. And I think early evidence on ESG indices uh, have demonstrated that that's not necessarily the case. So orienting portfolios towards ESG characteristics does not necessarily mean you're giving up on financial outcomes. We also think this is very much relevant in the context of climate, um, because increasingly that is uh, something that investors are taking more into account. And the fact is that we believe a climate risk is investment risk and an economy where there was no action towards mitigating or adapting towards climate change would lead to far worse uh, economic output than a scenario where climate action is taken towards uh, tackling these uh, uh, these challenges
0: Uh, Let's take a bit of a closer look at uh, BlackRock itself. What does sustainable indexing look like at BlackRock?
1: Yes, absolutely. So at BlackRock, we wanted to have a framework that captured various sustainable goals investors may have set. We also wanted to bring clarity that enables investors to match their ESG objectives to clear outcomes. So as part of this objective, our framework ranges from a screened-only approach where investors would essentially want to avoid uh, having exposure to certain business activities and moves towards incorporating you know, ESG scores um, either tilting towards the, the best-rated uh, companies or just purely selecting the higher-rated higher, higher rated ESG score companies to form part of that portfolio. We also bucket certain exposures under the thematic category. Here, we would be focusing a lot more on individual pillars like environmental or social or governance aspects. And then finally, we have impact strategies as well. So that's essentially a, the broad framework or the broad way we, we think about uh, sustainable investing at BlackRock.
0: Right. And how do you then implement sustainable indexing across both equities and fixed income?
1: Yep. Yeah. so I would say that there, there are mainly three aspects that we consider. Firstly, it's around business activity involvement. Secondly, are the companies uh, involved with any controversies? And lastly, the ESG ratings. And I would say this is sort of the the crux of um, uh, the data sets or the approaches that we try to incorporate in various equities and fixed income. So, just building a bit more on the framework that we just discussed, you know, in equities we have actually a wide range of uh, of products because the the risk return outcome can really vary based on how you do the index construction. So. If you were to go for a screened-only approach where you would only be looking at companies uh, uh, companies involved with, with uh, certain businesses or business activities, I should say, then you can uh, start with a global equity benchmark and uh, apply a set of screens that will remove companies' Um, that are involved in, let's say, thermal coal, tobacco, or controversial weapons, for example. And um, and the remaining companies that uh, are left, you can then uh, market cap weight them. So this is probably the simplest and the most um, closest uh, in terms of construction to, to the standard apparent benchmarks that uh, investors may be using. We can then take this a step further and integrate ESG scores uh, as well. And in, in such a strategy, you can either try to uh, you know, maximize ESG scores while controlling for certain metrics like tracking error to the starting universe. These type of strategies are great for investors that are looking to have an ESG tilt, but also want to control their active risk. And then for investors that are looking for best-in-class solutions, we do have strategies that apply a wider set of business activity exclusions. So this would include things like alcohol and gambling, for example, but also apply strict thresholds on security selection, where this selection would be driven primarily uh, on, on the ESG ratings themselves of those companies. So on the fixed income side, uh, you know we can split it into a few parts here as well, because you have corporates, you have sovereigns, and then lastly, you can uh, think about the green bonds space as well, which is really important. So on the corporate side, our construction approach is very similar to the best-in-class uh, approach that I, I just described. Uh, for sovereigns, we actually focus a lot more on climate and consider the transition and physical risk, as well as the resilience of these sovereigns towards Adverse impacts of climate change, and then on, on green bonds, uh, I think it's a really important segment within the fixed income space, where you know the proceeds are exclusively applied towards new and existing green products, um, and given fixed income is a lot more. Uh, primary market-driven than equities, the ability for issuers to raise capital and invest in projects with environmental benefits is very much needed to help a transition towards uh, the lower carbon economy.
0: Right. And and what ESG indexing uh, investment strategies have you recently
1: launched at uh, BlackRock? So an area, as I mentioned earlier, that we've been seeing more demand for has been on the environmental side. We have seen investors look to tilt more towards companies with lower carbon profiles or have stricter screens on fossil fuels. We've also seen investments go into clean energy products as well. We think there is an increasing understanding that climate action is positive for global growth because as we discussed, the alternative scenario where we do not do anything is far worse for economic output and growth. As a result, you know there will be winners and losers from this process uh, due to this transition towards a low-carbon economy, which will bring about dispersion in asset returns and give rise to investment opportunities at the same time. And uh, I think there's also this uh, appreciation that while there has certainly been a lot of momentum uh, in, in ESG strategies over the past few years, this is still very much... The beginning of a long journey. And by some estimates, you know, a 50 to 100 trillion dollar in capital investment is required to build a net zero global economy. So we can expect this trend to further continue. And I think that's why we're seeing uh, more demand on this front. However, I would still like to note that, uh, you know, it's important that while there is focus on climate, we we also feel that it it in no way undermines the importance of social and governance pillars. There is increased transparency, there's more social awareness, and there's increasing disclosure on these topics. And companies falling short on such standards would definitely be raising red flags.
0: You you mentioned uh, disclosure already, and and I think this is the final topic I'd like to discuss with you today, is the role of data and the role of uh, stewardship uh, in sustainable investing. Um, Good data availability and quality are crucial to developing methodologies for ESG index products. What is the current state of play uh, on this?
1: Yes, absolutely. The data is really essential because if you think about... The, the construction at a portfolio level, right? So the security selection, the weighting is actually being uh, driven by uh, the data. So it's both important in terms of its availability and also the quality. And we've seen an increased company coverage of various data sets over time. And we expect more of such data to come out and you know continue to be an area of, of, uh, of growth. A key consideration for us when constricting products is to evaluate what is the data aiming to do How is it being sourced? Are there any assumptions? We need to really understand these aspects very importantly. Um, I can also refer here to our uh, CEO, Larry Fink's letter to companies uh, uh, CEOs of companies last year, where he was really encouraging them to disclose more on ESG metrics. We do think these disclosures are certainly helpful to provide the data to construct more targeted investment strategies, but I think they also play an important role in enabling the companies themselves to really understand where they stand, what targets they need to set, and if they do have policies in place, are they working and what is their impact?
0: Right. And then lastly, Mohammed, what is BlackRock's approach to investment stewardship, especially around voting and around engagement?
1: Yeah, so I think there is a clear acknowledgement at BlackRock that engaging with corporate leaders has never been more important. Last year, our investment ship team had over 3,000 in-depth conversations with corporate leaders, which was a record number. Um, We are also finding that companies increasingly share our conviction that a strategy that is founded upon a clearly articulated purpose will generate sustainable value and be rewarded by more patient and long-term capital. So for us, the focus of our engagements has been on board effectiveness, alongside the impact of sustainability-related factors on a company's ability to essentially generate long-term financial returns, right? And we have mapped our priorities to specific UN uh, Sustainable Development Goals, and also have provided a set of key performance indicators for companies um, so that they can see what the priorities really are and what they can expect from us. Uh, in terms of determining how to vote, and uh, you know, I can I'll give more of an example from a sustainability perspective, um, our stewardship team really analyzes whether companies in the universe have a clearly articulated plan to transition their business models to a viable, a low-carbon economy. For example, is the temperature rise being limited to less than two degrees? Is that part of their their goal? And at a minimum, we do expect companies to have disclosures that address the the pillars of uh, the TCFD framework, um, also reporting on scope one and two greenhouse gases, uh, and then also plans on short, medium, and long term targets to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. And if a company is not meeting our climate expectations, it does risk the vote. Uh, um, uh, against you know the the senior executive uh, board directors uh, as well.
0: Thank you so much for uh, for your time and for your insights, Mohammed. It was really really interesting.
1: Thank you very much for having me. It was a great conversation.
0: You listened to a podcast about sustainable indexing. I would like to thank today's guest, Mohammed Massoud, for his time and his insights. This podcast was offered to you by BlackRock. Voor meer podcasts, visit de Fondsnews website Fondsnieuws.nl forward slash podcast.
2: Deze podcast is uitsluitend bedoeld ter informatie... en vormt geen beleggingsadvies, aanbeveling, aanbod... of uitnodiging om bepaalde effecten, fondsen of strategieën te kopen of verkopen. De hier geuite meningen zijn van 18 mei 2021... ...en kunnen zonder voorafgaande kennis wijzigen. Lezers dienen zelf te bepalen of zij op de informatie in dit document willen vertrouwen. Beleggen gaat altijd gepaard met een zeker risico. Tot en met 31 december 2020... ...uitgegeven door BlackRock Investment Management UK Limited... ...in het Verenigd Koninkrijk geautoriseerd... ...en gereguleerd door de Financial Conduct Authority, FCA. Officiële zetel 12 Throckmorton Avenue, London. EC2N, 2DL... Telefoon PLUS41-020-7743-3000. In Engeland en Wales ingeschreven in het handelsregister onder nummer 2020-394. Om u te beschermen worden telefoongesprekken doorgaans opgenomen. Zie voor een volledige lijst van door de FCA toegelaten activiteiten van BlackRock de website van FCA. Met ingang van 1 januari 2021, in geval het Verenigd Koninkrijk en de Europese Unie geen overeenkomst sluiten waarin geregeld is dat bedrijven die in het Verenigd Koninkrijk gevestigd zijn, financiële diensten mogen aanbieden en verlenen in de Europese Economische Ruimte, (EER), is de uitgever van dit materiaal BlackRock Investment Management UK Limited voor iedereen buiten de Europese Economische Ruimte en BlackRock Netherlands BV voor iedereen binnen de Europese Economische Ruimte. BlackRock Netherlands BV is geautoriseerd en gereguleerd door de Autoriteit Financiële Markten (AFM). Officiële zetel: Amstelplein 1, 1096 HA, Amsterdam. Telefoonnummer: +31 020 549 5200 en ingeschreven in het handelsregister onder nummer 17068311. Om u te beschermen worden telefoongesprekken doorgaans opgenomen. Copyright 2021 BlackRock Incorporated. Alle rechten voorbehouden. BlackRock is een handelsnaam, trademark, van BlackRock Incorporated... ...en haar dochterondernemingen in de Verenigde Staten en daarbuiten. Alle andere handelsnamen, trademarks, zijn van de respectieve eigenaren...